yo, we about to tear it up. Yo, break for break, break for break, get down. This right here is how we do it. Break it down. It's the Break Chatters podcast. We break things down to the very last compound. My name is Summit, aka the Potty Mouth of the South. My name is Chris Mitchell, aka the actual factual. Actual Guaranteed. Facts. Yo, this is, some actual, this is some actual facts. We got a legend from the UK on the podcast. Come on now. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. Come on now. This, this is someone who's, who has worked very hard. And I said to him on the podcast, I said it to him before, I'm super proud of him. This is Beat Butcher. Hmm. He worked incredibly hard to get to where, he, where he's got to. Mm. And he ain't stopping. He no. so much to get through. Um, and we know, I'm just saying, listen, listen. I was doing, I was doing the Rick Ross crowd. Like, of course, because, you know, we didn't, we didn't even talk about Maybach. You know what I mean? We didn't even talk about Maybach music. Oh, it's, yeah. Deja Loaf. Listen, listen, let me tell you something about Butcher, right? And I'm going to say it because he may not like me saying it, but I'm going to say it. That guy has got a resume that not many people can ever have. And they may longer, have, longer than the OJ trial, isn't it? Come on, bro. This is, this, this is, his, his resume is long. His, uh, his product and output is strong. And he's a nice guy. And Absolutely. you and you get to hear that in this episode, but I'm just psyched that we were able to make this happen. I've known Butcher for a number of years. Um, obviously, I dipped in and out of music, so we was a time where I didn't speak to him for a number of years. But I'm happy for him, man. Like, I just, I, I, it just makes me proud and happy every time I see him on the timeline. And I'm starting to make sure that people tag him when they talk about produced by. Absolutely. When you talk about, you talk about a Conway record and it's a produced by Beat Butcher, put that shit in, right? His name deserves to be up there with everyone. So. And it's Beat Butcher. Yes. With an A at the end. Butcher. <laughs> Butcher. So this is Beat Butcher, Breaking Out's podcast. Check it out. It's another special episode of the Breaking Atoms podcast. This time we take it all the way back, back across the pond to the roots, to someone that we've both known for a number of years, producer extraordinaire, um, he can sample whatever you want and make it sound like a sample and it's not. He can just create beats. Um, he's on fire right now. He's produced for, I don't know, let's, we can run the names down. We could Duckworth, there's Prodigy, there's Jay-Z, Beyonce, the Griselda crew. There's so much. There's so much he's done. We're very pleased to have Beat Butcher on the podcast. How you doing, my man? Great. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. Definitely. Listen, I'm, I'm just saying, I want to say it. I've said it to you privately and I'll say it publicly. I am so happy for you. Not that you need my happiness, but I just have to say, like, when, when good people win, we all win. And it's to see you have worked so hard from way back when, right? So if it's with chemo, brain tax, with Jess, you've been, your journey is incredible. You've worked very hard and you deserve all the success you get. So appreciate I want to say that man. publicly. Appreciate that, bro. Trust me. Yeah, appreciate that. So you out and you out in LA? How's how's how is it out there at the moment with the with the um, and all that? I, I, well, it seems that well things are kind of opening back up again in the industry. Like people are doing sessions again, but um, generally I think that you know there's an air of like paranoia still and everything, and you know restaurants are still only outside seating. And but yeah, things are kind of opening up, up back back up again. I mean it, it, it's it's. It's definitely like if I wanted to take back-to-back -back sessions like I was before um, lockdown, I could just be doing them because there's like the Dewan is there and everyone's just moving around again. So, but I'm being kind of kept like selective and careful of like who I'm 
Do you know what I mean? If people have been traveling around a lot, because obviously there's, there's been a few kind of deaths that have been close to, to home. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, not necessarily like not family members, but you know, in the industry or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And, 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 and Ty and you know what I'm saying? Um, Fred, the godson. So like, yeah, you know what I mean? Keeping that in mind or whatever. <laughs> no, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, it's, you it's, have to, you have to, you have yeah. to, you have to. It's, 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 it's crazy time. And, and I know like for a lot of artists and producers and DJs and things that they, they're worried about touring and what it means. And, you know, some of them saying they won't be able to tour until 2022 and things like that. So it, it's so, un, it's, it's so uncertain. Um, but well, I guess- it's weird because it's, it, it's weird because I, I, I feel like if anything, I mean, I don't, it probably wasn't the um, lockdown that's affected this, but like, if anything, my, I, I, I feel like things have been pretty good career-wise this year. So the lockdown, I don't feel like, has really affected me in that kind of way. Thankfully, like, I feel blessed about that. That's, you know what I mean? Because it, it could have been, it could be, you know, terrible. You know what I mean? But people are still consuming music and people are still putting music out. So for me, as a non-touring musician, that's kind of like perfect. You know what I mean? And it feels like, I mean, this is kind of weird. It feels like admins at, at labels are, are less likely to to fuck around because they're not in the office, so they've been paying more on time. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> I got paid for a few things that haven't even come out yet, and I was like, "What? <laughs> that never happens." <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, that's good. There's, there's you know, there's always be positives. Um, but what's yeah. your what's your what's your production process like? Is it like very? Like we spoke to uh, Apollo Brown. Right. He talked to us about like it's very much about mood, and he you know takes the mood. Whereas some producers like to make music with the artist in mind. Is yours kind of mood based, or is it just how you? Have- yeah, it's mood based. I I mean I, you know I've kind of positioned myself in a way where I've got like outlets for lots of different kind of sounds and styles, and my my taste is very broad. So, um, I literally just make whatever I feel like making, whenever I feel like making it, and then figure it out afterwards. You know what I mean? Figure out. At what I'm going to do with it afterwards. So I feel like going into it with this kind of whole idea of, you know, oh, I need to make a, a track for so-and-so or a hit, or this is going to be a placement for so-and-so. You never, you never make anything from an honest kind of place. So, I mean, even with the Griselda stuff, you know, like if, if we're working on a Griselda project or whatever, and I know that I'm meant to be making beats like that, I won't like necessarily just try and make exactly that. You know what I'm saying? I'll just try and make stuff in that in that tempo and with that mood. And um, you know, like there's been plenty of beats that came out of that that weren't necessarily, you know, like maybe like I was working for trying to do some stuff for Gun, and the beats that came out were maybe more Benny or like Conway beats or let's say like or like you know something that Evidence might use. Or you know, I don't know, like. So I think, um, yeah, it's definitely mood-based, man. It's, I, I, just, I just like to do what I like. I like to keep the creativity free like, and just do whatever I feel like doing when I, when I feel like it. You know what I mean? Like, that, that, sounds, like, that sounds a bit hippy-dippy, but you, you know what I mean, though? Like, no, I, I know. From what I know of you, you yeah. are a very free spirit. You're very creative. You're very charismatic. And I think that authenticity then comes from hearing what you're saying that kind of authenticity goes into your production process. So you're still who you are as you're making beats. Cause you are very, you're a very funny guy. 
You're nah, a very funny guy. Nah, I don't know where I, I don't know where I really am though, bro. Like, I'm like the most awkward motherfucker ever, bro. <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 from the school. Of, I love Seinfeld, right? Like I love that. Like it's dry humor. I like sarcasm. You know, yeah, yeah. plus I'm British too, right? So we we gotta love the dry oh, yeah, humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that charisma that charisma then probably in your production process comes through. Um, and then there's some. I think you might have tweeted about it. Uh, but it's something that I think uh, may have been in one of the Griselda documentaries as well. It's about sampling, right? So you are now creating your own samples, like so, like Pharrell. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess that you know the reason why. Well, the reason why I got involved in what well, the reason they got me involved in the um, the Griselda stuff was because I I was able to make the kind of textures that, um, you know they they like to sample, but then sample free, you know, stuff that I'm you know, and um. I guess, you know, that's been kind of a thing that I've been doing for, I don't know, like a little bit over 10 years. Like I, I, I was still sampling, let's say 10 years ago, but I was kind of adding like elements to it, uh, you know, the plain elements and stuff to it. But um, basically all of that came out of kind of necessity. You know, I, I, um, I was trying to figure out how to make, you know, money in this music industry, doing the kind of music that we make. Um, and I guess, you know, the thing, one thing that always comes up is like, you know, uh, oh, don't use any samples. Sample clearance is a, is a headache and all this stuff. Um, so I guess, you know, I was around a lot of people kind of early on that were doing that, you know, like Frank Dukes and stuff and inspired heavily by like, let's say like Khalil, DJ Khalil and like Jake One and stuff. And, um, you know, so I just was kind of challenging myself to like, you know, learn how to like make textures and kind of, tried to play instruments and stuff, you know, I'm still not the greatest musician there is, but I, I can get a take. I can also program the MIDI obviously helps a lot. People, people are always, always, you know, think, Oh, MIDI's has to sound, you know, it's going to sound cheap if you use MIDI or whatever, but like there's ways around everything, man. There's ways around everything. You know what I mean? And, and, and you don't have to necessarily be like some sort of, you know, you know, piano or guitar virtuoso to make something dope with an instrument. You know what I'm saying? But um, so yeah, with basically more and more like I kind of focused on that. And when I was doing the, the trips back and forth, when I was still living in England, um, and I was doing the trips back and forth to the states, um, it was it kind of became a thing where uh, it was kind of easier to make music or play the position of making music and then have have some of my producer friends turn it into beats than it was to make my own beats and then, you know, have to sit there and send them around. And, and, and it became a thing where it was kind of a bit boring, like making beats was a bit boring. The more I delved into like <clears throat> playing stuff and, um, you know, just get um, that that kind of world is a whole new world. And it, you know, it, it opens up like all sorts of things that you can do creatively that you that sticking to a beat is is very like constricting. Do you know what I'm saying? There's, the minute you turn it into a beat, then it has like context, and you you know, then it's kind of restricted to okay, who can you hear on this on this style on this? You know, so I basically you know I, I have a lot of like um, producer friends, you know, Boudin Grands, Vidon, um, you know, those kind of dudes who I was staying with whenever I was going to New York. So I just thought, okay, well. What if I just, you know, 
focus on the samples and send them to them. And then that way I don't have to worry about getting the placements or getting the records. They can turn it into the music. They can turn it into the beats and then, and they, you know, they can figure out where it's going to get, where it's going to go. And if, you know, if, if I can like get it somewhere, that will, that will help too. Cause our, our collective, you know, networks are bigger than just the network of one person. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, that, that's kind of how I cut my teeth in there, but I'm kind of back on the solo beats as well now. So I, I, I really enjoy collaborating and the social aspect of, of, um, of music making, you know what I mean? It's important to me. No, fair, fair. Um, and it feels better winning with like friends too, you know? No, it does. It always does. It always does. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's collective. And it, 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 definitely. What's the, um, say weirdest, but what's the kind of craziest sound you've ever sampled that you've then put on a, on a beat? Um, craziest. I don't know, man. I've, I've, I've done a lot of kind of weird things over the years. I've, I've sampled my voice, uh, voice a lot. Um, I guess, I guess, shit, I don't know if it's really that weird, but like the, the Spurs three beat that just came out, it was on the, um, yeah. on Conway album. That was a kalimba. I was at Alchemist's crib and, um, somebody had given him this kalimba, this like, yeah. Limba um, the same day and he was like oh do you want to use this so I was like yeah fuck it so I just like voice noted it and then kind of like pitched it about um, it, you know what's funny like, I, I definitely I was sat next to Derringer when I was doing it and um, I was like I basically some, sometimes I kind of make a beat out of something just to get the to get the context and then like I'll say to like whoever else that I'm working with I'll say you know like do you want to read? Do you want to do different drums on this? This is what I'm kind of hearing. Like, what do you think? And he, I think, I guess he might have not been feeling that 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 what I did. And then, well, he was like, "Yeah, the drums sound good. At how you have them." So I just decided to keep it like that. But um, yeah, sampling weird things. I I don't know, man. Like, I, I sample everything, bro. <laughs> I can imagine. That, that's why I asked. The reason why I asked is yeah. I, can, I can imagine just you might find a you might hear a certain sounding a cool like because. My brain's not yeah. like yours, right? So I don't have that. But you could sample anything and then you could either put a, a certain different swing on it or a yeah. compress on it and something that could just change it that makes it sound. Like you could, you could, I don't know, you could, because uh, I remember watching a documentary, like the uh, Thriller documentary, um, yeah. where the engineer in the studio would just make different sounds to get the drums in and do it mm -hmm. in the studio to then overlay on drums for, for Michael Jackson's music or something yeah. like that. So it, it's, it's, it's just something that, I was kind of like I'm always interested in going. What are the what's the really craziest thing? Um, sample packs. So you've been very successful. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of your peers uh, and uh, kind of wax lyrical about them. How yeah. how do you even begin to kind of start a pack when like knowing your breadth and depth of hip hop and the different subgenres and all that? How do you even start a pack to cater to every to all those kind of to the to the whole the whole breadth of hip hop? Well, I, I guess the, I guess it's kind of just happened naturally over the years. Like, I mean, the last two kits I did were very much specifically in that kind of like Griselda kind of the darker, the darker kind of hip hop vibe. But, um, I guess previously my whole idea was, you know, like a lot of the kits were, cause I didn't see anybody catering to things like across the board. Right. Everybody has this kind you know, there's, there's a lot, you know, you know how it is, man. There's a lot of kind of segregation between, yeah different factions and different subgenres that say within the genre. And I guess as a fan of just like 
style. I just like different styles, you know what I'm saying? And um, I guess I wanted to make kits that were that kind of like were a representation of who I am as a producer and what I would like to hear in, in a kit, you know what I mean? So um, over the years, I've just like, I guess, you know, I also noticed that a lot of people don't really put a lot of sounds in their stuff. So I just would make sure that the kits were just full of like, stuff only like no filler just like just stuff that you would you would want to use in the kit so if you wanted to say like if you did if you literally had nothing no like plugins or anything you just had a daw or you had an mp or whatever you could just you can pull up my kit and you can make a beat strictly out of out of the kit you know what i mean wow um yeah man that's that's yeah yeah um but I mean, the whole kit thing anyway, it, it kind of came out of, um, kind of came out of necessity anyway, because I was doing them trips in, I was doing the trips to the States. Um, like I was doing like, like three trips a, a year, um, like two, two weeks to a month, like every time. And obviously that's pricey. So mm. any way that I could try and make money, I would, I would. And then right, this right. guy, Alcoto, who, who runs the, 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 the drum broker, he had interviewed me for his blog and um, he had talked about like him, like starting a site and um, was I interested in doing a kit? So I guess I was one of the first ones on his site. So I've been blessed enough to keep that relationship up and, you know, it's just grown from there really. Do you know what I mean? I feel like the, the, when the years where I was kind of a bit quiet uh, for whatever reason, like the kits kind of kept my like, well, kept me, like paid and also kept my my name out there. Do you know what I mean? I think a lot of people just mostly know me from the kits. Well, maybe not as much now, but like previously, a lot of people just were, were really, really knew me from the kits. Yeah. So what you, it's when I speak to my producer friends, um, and I've got a bit of a confession to make, I think some of my albums or many of them are filled with your drums. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Cause um yeah I, I think so too because you work with Parky heavy right yeah you know, you see, there we go there we go shout out to Michael Parky. that's why um, Parky's drum sounds so tough that's yeah, why yeah and, um, nah, but he's he's got you know he's he's got, he's got MP and well. all that. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah your drums are all over my projects but um I'm not a producer but when I listen to any kind of uh, beat from any producer I'm always drawn to drums I think that's yeah. for me like who are some of the producers who drums you really really like. Um, shit, bro. Uh, I mean, over it, it really depends over the years. It's it's changed a lot. I think, um, you know, if we, I think Jake One's drum drum programming is sick. I think he's he's really good. Um, you know, I, I think people's styles have changed over the years, man. You know what I mean? Like, mm. oh, it's hard to really say. Like, I don't think anybody's really still got. I tell you, I tell you who's got sick drum programming. Um, Knotts has got great drum pro- programming as well. Um, high tech as well. I mean, there's a certain era of um, there's a certain era of havoc as well, where like he really yeah. had his own kind of sound. Um, I don't know, man. Um, shit, like. <laughs> I mean, so I can't you know, really think. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a again. I'm not a producer, but the drums. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm drawn to like you know because I'm, I'm I'm in a time warp. I can't help. Yeah. It. I'm drawn to like Premiere, Ninth Wonder, um, Black Milk, 
Yeah. I love Black yeah. Milk. Oh, yeah, Black Milk. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Bink is really good at the drum programming as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah so well, he's a drummer, so he's, he's a drummer, so that's... Yeah, that's what, yeah. I can yeah. hear it. I can hear it. Let's talk about you moving from the UK to the US. Yeah. Now, you mentioned taking trips in between. Yeah. What was the, the, the preparation and planning like, and what, what was the moment when you realised, okay, listen... Uh, the trips aren't going to cut anymore. I've got to move over there. Like, what was what what position were you in in your mind, and what did you have to do to make that move? I mean, I, I think from the from the start, it was from the start of me trying to kind of uh, do stuff in in the states. It, it was always my kind of idea to move to the states, but obviously, you know, um, immigration in this country or just immigration in general is is tricky. So, um, kind of figuring out how to do that was a was a kind of long process, you know what I mean? But um, I, I guess, I, you know, it's weird because I, I, I guess like the first person I really saw that was kind of doing a lot of that, you know, um, you know, actually moved to the States that I knew was Snips. Yeah. DJ Snips. And um, I guess like seeing him do like being, you know, being in the States and get that 01 visa or whatever, it kind of made me think, okay, well, man, like, I feel like, this is obtainable because this is a guy that I've been around. You know what I'm saying? This is a guy I know, like, you know, um, but you know, life gets in the way and stuff. And it, it, you know, obviously it's expensive to, you know, you have to, you have to pay a, a, an immigration lawyer and all that kind of stuff. And I guess, you know, it's tricky as well. If you, you know, cause like you have to, you know, you have to prove that you're, you know, making money right. off of, you know, in the official kind of ways. And like, I guess at that point, at the, at the beginning of me working out there, I was really predominantly making money off of selling beats to people that weren't really known. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then the drum kits, like, like in the early uh, 2010s. So, I mean, the process really, I guess the thing that really made me think, okay, I, I need to move to um, LA was I did a trip with like my boys from New York um, to LA in 2014. And um, off of a session I did then, I basically like Dre cut a record. And um, like that week also was so inspirational because the amount of stuff I got done in that week was kind of more than I was getting done in the three trips to New York. <laughs> so, every year, you know what I mean? So I, so I kind of was like, and you know, you know, obviously like the Dre record never came out, but that was kind of the turning point, the tipping point of like, oh, you know what, if, if I'm out there, I definitely am going to get, you know, that was, that happened in a week. If I go out there, I'm definitely going to be able to, you know, make some shit happen. Um, and at the time I was I already kind of had things kind of bubbling a little bit, you know, um, we had a few things. There was a few things I already knew were in the works, like for instance, the Jada Kiss record, um, and you know, I'd already kind of worked a lot on the mixtape circuit. Um, so I knew that, like, I knew that like big rappers would like my stuff. Um, it was just I just didn't know, you know, I just didn't know how, you know, how I was gonna how I was going to put that into effect, let's say, you know, move it, moving out here. So then I called a, an immigration lawyer in, I think, I think it was the end of like 2014. Um, or might've been sometime in 2015. And, um, no, I, yeah, it was, I don't know, one of those years anyway. Um, and it turned out that I was eligible for a green card. So 
All you had to do was just pull up the um the Discogs page on the immigration guy and say, look, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man's like, yeah, hey, yeah. I, produce for, I produce for Dr. J, you know, fam. Like, <laughs> this thing out, innit? That's what I would have done. No, nah, well, yeah, yeah. We see that that thing, that, that Dre, Dre song didn't come out. Like, that nah, was kind of like... Pull it, pull it up. I say, listen, bruv, look, that's Dr. Dre, yeah? That's Andre <laughs> Young. Yeah, sign the paper, man. <laughs> innit? <laughs> Yeah, don't mess up my growth, bro. No, no, that's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry to cut you. I didn't. No, nah, no, nah, yes, no, no. But so yeah, so what? Basically, um, yeah. So basically, you know, it was a long process. It took like about three years, and then um, mm -mm. yeah, eventually, uh, you know, yeah, bro. And there was even a thing because like when I when I got my my green card, it was like when it was approved, it was like just when Trump came in, and they um. They definitely like you know. It definitely got a bit more strict. So um, my interview was horrible, man. I went, I went to the. I went, <laughs> it was horrible. I knew it was. I knew. I knew something had gone. I knew something was was wrong because the guy just looked at me and was like, like he just looked at me like you know who, who are you like you know what I mean? Yeah, you look. It was like one of them airport shows where they bring you into the room and thing. Yes, yeah, yeah, it was exactly like, yeah, yeah, exactly like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I don't know. I don't know, man. I just just tell them that I was getting judged. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and um, and then I didn't hear back for about like you meant to hear back within ten ten days of of the, of the thing. But I didn't hear back for, for like three months. Wow. And then um, I find out just by like basically just checking their site. One day I was like, I'd given up. I thought oh, I'm I've been denied. And I looked on the site and it said, you know, approved. And I, <laughs> you have to be in the country by, I think it was like the 16th of January or something. <laughs> so and that was like December the like the 18th or something stupid like that. I don't know what it was, but it was less than a month. I was like, oh, shit. Got to get my stuff together. But, man, I'm here, you know what I'm saying? And it's been, it's been amazing being over here, bro. Like, it's... Things have definitely been put in the slip, split, uh, slipstream, you know what I'm saying? Things yeah. have just gotten a lot quicker. And it's just not, you know, people take you a lot more seriously being out here um, as a, you know, like as opposed to the guy that visits from over there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, the fact that I can pull up on people and, you know what I mean? There's a lot less shadiness because of that as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. People don't hide behind. Hide. You know? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Um, how did you, uh, how did you meet Mike? manager um so like me and ant-man wonder were cool and um he was being looked after by mike and um this is this is like the year before i like the year before i moved out maybe yeah it was like 2000 in the end of 2016 right um and i guess had, had put him onto me and um he i just got a message randomly in my email and, um, you know, from him at, at Shady. And, um, yeah, he just basically was like, yeah, I'm interested in um, talking to you, man. Can you call me? What? And then we talked and, and he was like, yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to manage you, man. Um, can we, can we sort it out? And of course, like, I'd been burnt quite a few times randomly. Right. And so I was a bit dubious about it, but, um, man, it's been it's been good, man. The more the more that I've got going on, the more that he can help me. Really, that's you know it's been good. Yeah, Mike's Mike's. And he's a legend, you know what I mean? Like exec producer on the on the bigger picture, you know. Um, been in the game for a long time, you know what I mean? 
No, he's 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 good people. He's, even he's, a produce, even a even comes from a producer world himself. You know, yeah, he did. Um, he did a couple of screwball records. I remember. Yep. Yeah. And cool yeah. G rap records too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the album on Rokus, I think he ain't know that even. Wow, we need to get him on the podcast. I asked him. Okay, cool. Right, you, he he aired me. Look at the flex. I asked him. I, I asked, asked him. him. He aired me. It's fine. I had to send him some stuff from back in the day. And I said, like, to, I, no, honestly, I, I, I said, so, so I met Mike uh, when we did the Joel Ortiz show, the first, mm. Joel's first tour yeah. here. He used to manage Joel too. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. So I met him here. So I found my old hard drive with a bunch of old footage, like B-roll, like from the show, running around Manchester, London, all that. So I sent mm. that to him and I said, look, I've got this. He said, oh, cool, send it to me. Um, and then as I said, I said, look, man, it'd be great to have you on the podcast. It was like, yeah, yeah, thanks for sending this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going to stress Mike because like, no, no, no. I'm not going to stress him. Like Mike will do what he wants to do. You know what I mean? You don't, you yeah, don't, I'll, 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 I'll mention it to him. So. Yeah, mention it to him, but don't, don't stress Mike will do what he wants to do. If he wants to do it, he'll do it. If he don't want to do it, he'll yeah. want to do it. It's, it's, I know him enough in that way to, to, to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Right, so uh, I've got to ask you about the time or the day you met Prodigy in the studio that first time, because that must have oh, been man, great. Oh man, that was idea, great. Man. You know what? This this story involves Jameson as well. Oh, that's <laughs> me. You see what I mean? My guy, love him, love yeah, him, love him. This is a good one, man. This is a good one. Uh, so me and Jameson have been out drinking, and J- Jamo can't really like. He's, Jameson can't really like hold his drink that well. That's a, he can't. That's a lie. He can't. He can't. I've seen him as well. He really? Can't. You can't, bro. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm such a maybe I'm a heavy. Well, I'm definitely a heavy drinker. But um, when I see him, <laughs> when I see him at Christmas, bro, like he he he's just hold, he holds it down now. Like I'm the one oh, okay, drinking right, right, right. and all that. Well, I don't know at the time. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we were like, hanging out a lot because I was in the I was in the states. Um, I was in New York. Like I was doing this thing where you you know where you go you go to the states for under three months or whatever and and to um. 2011, I was over there a lot, and um, me and him was hanging out, and we went drinking. And um, I guess he wasn't too well. He he wasn't too well, so I took him in a um, taxi. <laughs> I took him home in a taxi. Uh, I made sure, you know, I made sure he was okay in the, when he was living in the Bronx or whatever. Oh yeah, that place. Oh Jesus. Yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> he lives in the hood. Yeah, yeah, he definitely did. But here's the thing. So as I was getting out, I must have. Like I had my like, passport and my money in the same like, wallet thing, and I must have like paid the guy. Like as I was kind of like helping him out, like I put the the wallet on the chair because it was one of those um, it was one of those like you know the the, the big like taxi trucks. Right, right, right. Truck, but like yeah, the big like, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the big ones, anyway. So put the I put the the passport or the wallet on the side, close the door. And as the as the thing went off, I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so I like kind of like ran after it, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" I don't know what to do. So like, I I literally had like what I want to say like a hundred dollars on me or something. Um. Anyway, I like made sure like Jameson was alright. Got him back. Jumped on the on the train. Um. And then um. I guess the next day, uh, I, I, I was kind of like fucked up. I didn't really know what to do. So, um, I, you know, was staying between my boy Arms, cou- uh, my boy Arms Couch in, in, um, in Harlem. 
and like my boy in uh, Ronin in, in Flatbush. Right. So I, I like couldn't stay in Harlem that day. So I, I had to jump on the train and go to, to link um, Ronin somewhere. And he told me that he was going to be at the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival. Right. So I went down there. I was like really feeling sorry for myself, man. I was hungover. I was like, oh man. And I just felt like, I felt terrible for like, getting Jameson in that state too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I was egging him on to drink, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I was like, I was really like, yeah, let's drink more. And he's like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, he's like that now. You should see yeah, him now. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. you. Bro, it's, yeah, but it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts though. So, um, so anyway, yeah. And now I bumped into my boy Nez, Lord Nez, who I hadn't seen in a long time. Oh, wow. Okay. And, um, Lord Nez basically was like, yo, Butcher, like, Prodigy, Prodigy's been talking about you, like, a lot. And I'd been hearing through the, like, because I had done stuff with Yeo. Right. And um, Yeo had told me that he'd been working out to, to, to the tape that we did. You know what I mean? Uh, the, we, did a, we did a tape, or I did, like, seven out of the ten tracks on the tape. Yeah. Um, called El Chapo. And, um, yeah, so, anyway, like, Nez says, you know, oh, Prodigy's been talking about you. I'm going to go there now. Do you want to come with me? I said, yeah, but I don't really have any money, bro. Like, I don't really know how I'm going to get back. You know what I mean? Like, no, it wasn't that I didn't know how I was going to get back, but it was just like, I don't, I need to, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, right. I can't, I need food. I can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't really know what to do. He's like, no, no, I got you, bro. I got an EBT card. I've got that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, my boy can drive us. I'm like, my boy's, my boy's here. He's, he'll drive us. So we caught a we caught a ride down there and um it was like like the minute I walked in and walked through the door, man, it was like I came home, bro. It was weird. I like saw all sorts of people that I knew from like networking on like MySpace and you know, via other things. Cause I I was like a huge Mob Deep fan and a huge like G Unit fan. So and at that point the G Unit like entourage and the Mob Deep entourage were kind of like they were merged. Because uh, that's how I even got with with, with Tony Yeo is like a dude that was down with both Mob and G Unit or whatever. So um, yeah, I seen these guys and they were like, and everyone was like, "Oh shit, people!" Are sure. And I was like, oh. and Prodigy literally comes up and is like, "Yo, bro, like I love your music." I was like, "Oh my god, like what the hell? Like this is sick." Um, yeah, man, it was just dope, man. The energy was was all the way up. And I guess, like, you know, within the first, it was like the first, like, three beats or whatever, they all got recorded. And those became, um, you know, uh, Dead Man's Shoes, Skull and Bones, and um, I can't remember what the other joint was, but, yeah, they, they basically all got recorded, the first three tracks that I played. Right, okay. It was dope, man. It was, Prodigy's, like, probably well at this point i think he's my favorite rapper of all time bro so like you know mm. i, I, um, I want to big you up for the beat you did for them timeless yeah yeah thank you man thanks crazy crazy and i just feel it's kind of almost like something spiritual about it that it was the last mob deep album as well even though we didn't know it at mm -hmm. the time it was when i heard it, i was like yeah this is it was almost like the old and the new met right in the middle i love that track so big up for that one Thanks, bro. Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite ones I did with them. Yeah, I love, um, I love that song. Rest in peace to Prodigy, though, because we, we love him too. Absolutely. We love him yeah, too. yeah, no, absolutely, man. Love, love to Prodigy, love to his family and stuff, you know what I mean? You probably can tell that I like a bit of a giggle and I like a laugh, man. I don't take things very seriously. So um, <laughs> I've got to talk about Sean Price. 
because I yeah. think his humour is notorious. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> any any funny memories about the legendary Sean Price? Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I have like a bunch of stories. I mean, we hung out a shitload, man. Like, I used to go, I used to go to his apartment in um in Brownsville, and um. You know, like he he liked a little party. He like he used to have a little party in his uh, in his kitchen every time that any time. You know what I mean? It'd be like a little drink, a little smoke or whatever, and um, playing beats and playing like and just playing his own songs, the same songs over and over again, and stopping the bar and go, "Whoo, I'm nice." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I miss it. No, no, I, I never, I, I never, There was definitely been some. There was definitely some awkward situations. I remember the first time I went over there, I was sat in his because, um, like, he had a computer in his bedroom, and um, I sat there with him, and we we were like going through beats and like sipping with uh, with his wife, and um, his boy who just came home turned up, and um, this dude was like, he was like a Puerto Rican five um, percenter, yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. He was like, he he was I don't know. He was intense, bro. He was like staring at me, like staring me down from the corner. <laughs> he was staring me down from the corner, and he was like telling all these stories about how he cut people when he was at where. We... <laughs> Yo, uh, he, he wasn't talking to me though. He was talking to Sean, but he was looking at me. <laughs> 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 his fucking wish. <laughs> I just remember thinking, you know, this is weird. And also, like, there was, there was hugely, like, there was a lot, a lot of irony in it because the dude uh, was, was very light. He was, like, as light as me. Like, so I, and he was chatting about, you know, uh, white devil, all this shit. And I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you got, like, white people in your family. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> it was nuts, bro. I just remember sitting there and looking at him like, you know, like... <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. that. That's a that's a quick. You know what though? I, I just have to laugh though because that just seems like a regular. I never I never knew Sean Price obviously, but that yeah. just sounds like a regular day in the Sean Price household. So Price I have household to, must I, have been mad. I have to say something now. It's, it's a bit of a. So you went to the house, butcher. Yeah, a bunch Ronan. Of you, Ronan, when I used to go to New York, Ronan yeah. would always say to me, "Do you want me to take you to Sean Price's house?" Yeah, yeah. I'd be like Brownsville. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe next time, maybe next time, maybe next time. And now I regret it because he was like, you know, you, 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 I'll get you the pass. I'll get you the pass. I was like, I'm a brown dude from like Southall. Like, what am I going to do, right? Nah, you, but, no, you, 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 nah, you would have been fine, bro. It but been at the fine. time, I was just like, I kept pointing it off. And now, if, now it's obviously... Yeah, you know, and you know, definitely, I mean, I don't know whether it's more rough or less rough right now, but I, I, I feel like it might have been more rough in like 2009 then you know what I'm saying like yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely less gentrification and all that kind of stuff but it was you know I don't know it's weird it's like because of where I've been staying over there um, you know at the time like this, like I you know I, I, I stayed in like Wakefield in the Bronx in like my boy's apartment slept on the floor there and then also like um forget what fucking projects it is, but somewhere in, on the east in, in Harlem. And, um, right. So I kind of like, I don't know, man. It, it, it wasn't, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't something I wasn't like familiar with, if you know what I mean. So yeah. so it was kind of like going down there. Yeah, yeah, of course, it, you know, Brownsville is Brownsville at the end of the day, but still, it was like, it wasn't like, I, I didn't have any problems. I hadn't had anybody like really, 
It was just literally when I was sat in <laughs> sat in Sean Price's crib that one day, and that, that yeah. dude had come home, and he was I don't know I don't know who the hell he was yeah, but <laughs> it was intense. I'm telling you, it was intense. He was definitely looking at like he was definitely like you know me mugging and. <laughs> That's a hilarious story, though. That's a rest hilarious in peace, story. Rest in peace, Sean Price. I'm really, I really miss that guy. It's crazy. You can oh, miss someone. Miss someone I do know. have a good story, actually. No, it was um, funny. We went, so we we linked up in Amsterdam. So I, I, um, my my mum lives in 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 the Netherlands, and um, so I'd I'd moved before I like decided like when I kind of decided to to, to um to focus on doing stuff in the states, I. I was like, okay, cool. Well, if I move to the Netherlands, like maybe I can save some money. I can move in my, with my mom. I can save a bit of money and then I can like try and get my, my right. things sorted. So anyway, this is around the time that me and Sean Price first like linked up. I, I want to say it's like 09. And um, he basically, he's like, oh yeah, no, bro, link up, link up. Um, uh, he was doing a video with this guy, uh, Red Light Boogie, uh, Sugarcane, and um, in Amsterdam. So, and I, I was with um, this dude Rotjoch, who does a, he does, he's a, like a TV presenter over there. And I, like, had done like some session with my boy, and I just decided, fuck it, I'm a, I'm a roll with him because he was going over there. So I, I said I roll with him, and um, we just caused havoc in the studio, man. It was. <laughs> Just like, it was just disrespectful, bro. Me and him were just so drunk. <laughs> bro, I swear to this day, there's still dudes that I like bump into from that day that I, I think probably think I'm a complete asshole. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, fast forwarding, Duckworth, the new project, right? You all over. Yes, how did you guys connect with? You guys so, <clears throat> my friend Narsen, um, who I produced the record with, he. Um, Basically, uh, Ty, uh, Ty, who's Brent Fires' manager, had told him about this guy, um, Duckworth, and um, had said, yo, you need to do a session. And I was actually meant to do, I forget. Oh, yeah, no, actually, I was with Griselda. Uh, yeah, so I was meant to like turn up at the session with him, but instead I just sent him a folder of stuff, and that, was, that, that composition was one of the compositions that was in there. And... Um, I looked him up and I was like, whoa, this is, he's dope. He's really dope. Like it was exciting. Um, at, but it, like, I couldn't be at the session cause I think I was with Griselda. I was with Griselda at the time and I, I believe they were recording, uh, what they were recording at the time. I think it was George Bondo. That's right. I think it was the, the day that that, came, that, that was um, recorded. So I wasn't able to be there, but, um, yeah, man, I was just super chuffed the way it turned out, bro. Like he's really on the rise. I, it's probably one of my favorite songs that, that I've produced like recently. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I ended up awesome. doing a bit of uh, post production on it too. Like I uh, added a bunch of change ups and then that, that um, interlude, like I kind of, that made that music kind of from scratch still with the same kind of vibe in mind or whatever. But yeah, man, Duckworth's on the rise, man. That great, great, great dude, man. Yep. Yeah. Hopefully do, do more stuff with him. When did you find out that you had made it to the, Everything is love album. Yeah. Oh, it was very last minute, man. Um, you know, uh, super. Long. I knew, I knew that they cut. I knew they cut the record because uh, I kind of 
kind of like read between the lines of of the the cryptic message that, <laughs> that I was getting messages I was getting from call. Um, uh, but I knew that they'd cut because they'd asked for like stems and they, and I knew that they were working on that. And then it was like, you know, oh yeah, somebody very big's cut to this this track. And I was like, I know who you're in with type shit. Anyway, um, yeah, it was maybe like two days before 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 it came out. I, I'm still a bit upset that it was a um, that it was a a, a bonus cut though, man, because it's it's, it's a fire. It's a fire. It is. Too, man, it is. It is. It is. Remind me at the end of the interview, I talked to you about something about that, but carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Carry, on, carry on. Nah, so yeah, it was it was last minute, man, and then, I don't know, it was maybe like two days before, and uh, yeah, I don't know, like, it's, it's not a huge crazy story about it. it it's no. weird, though, because the music on that, um, I did the music on that, like, during the period, like, literally... It's weird how it all happened. It was like almost like the period that I gave up on. I thought that I thought I wasn't getting the green card. So, oh. so I kind of had this really productive moment. It was almost like a really weird thing where it was like, oh, there's no pressure on me anymore. So I had this really productive moment, and um, I like created that uh, the beat for. Um, I don't know if you you heard the Dave East "Wanna Be a G" with Max Max V. I made yeah, that beat I've heard that. during the time. Um, what else did I make? I made there was a few things that ca oh like the sample from um, the Party Next Door record. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> All in I that time, like, in that little what? period, yeah, yeah, so yeah. B, yeah. B Butcher was going out with a bang. He said, "Listen, mate, they're not letting me in the country, man. I'm gonna let them remember me." No, well, my my thing was just like my, I just thought, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna have to think of a different plan, and then I've suddenly thought of all this like different things I could be doing. I was just like, oh, I could just go traveling and just make music and go traveling and I was like oh it's, it's a euphoric play you know like the world's your oyster except for mm. that I you know, except for moving you know what I mean yeah. and it's like a lot of pressure bro because like you put all this money into it you know there's a lot of money to to to, to move out yeah. here you know what I'm saying so yeah let's 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 shift back to the UK real quick mm. talk about there's someone in in terms of the UK music scene someone who I got a lot of love for and I don't think he gets his just due chemo Yes. Tell me about your relationship with Chemo and Chemo being probably one of the greatest musical minds walking <laughs> the earth somewhere. Um, yeah, my relationship with Chemo, bro. Like, I, I love Chemo, man. It's a great dude, man. Um, it's funny, like, we, we've known each other a, a long time, man. I want to say since, like, 99 or something like that. Um, I don't know. We just hit it off straight away the first time I ever met him. Like, I've got... Um, He's gonna sound so nerdy. <laughs> I know, I know from an internet forum. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. Oh, Tell boy. Go ahead. Yeah, and it, uh, bro, it makes me even, <laughs> even more nerdy because internet forums in '99, bro. Like, who was on an internet forum in '99? Yeah, you know, different. But your producers, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's funny because like I know there's a lot of people that I know from from those days, and I guess. Um, Rap Six from Paragon had flown like at the, at the time I was living in the Netherlands like, I'd moved back to my mum's when I was 16 and um, I guess I was about 18 at the time and uh, so it must have been 2000 actually thinking about it and um, we just decided one day that we was going to go and link um, go and link Chemo at the time he was called Mad Squirrel 
So okay, because they had the um, what he had the project squirrels with guns. Mm-hmm. So chemo, chemo's different. Chemo's weird, but I love yeah, him for yeah. that. I love him for that. I, think, yeah. I guess I think I think that's why I think that's why we get on because we've got a weird sense of humor. Like that same. So anyway, that same day, I guess raps. Like you know, he had some stuff to do. So I was like, oh, yo, do you mind if I go link up with um, you know, Dave again? Go meet up with him in in um in Streatham or whatever. And um. Yeah, that was a funny night, bro. Like, we got completely <laughs> plastered and wore like tennis rackets on our heads and like, we over the years we we've, we've kind of like had this thing where we just end up like recording weird parody songs and like, so and as like we've musically kind of like moved away from each like we might not be like working on serious music together. We <laughs> like anytime we get together, it's always we. It's always a joke, man. It's always it's always love. It's always yeah. fucking. No, like, chemo. Chemo is a chemo is a good guy. And I often say, as, as an artist, some a lot of us wouldn't sound as good as we do without someone like chemo being in. Yeah, he's he's definitely was the backbone of of like a certain period of the scene, and yeah. he still is to a degree. You know, definitely like mixing all the stuff that he's mixing, and because I I believe he mixes a lot of the. High focus stuff. Too, he does, still. yeah, he yeah. does, he does. Let's talk about Children of Zeus. I was really excited to hear what you did with them on the last album. You had two production credits. Question yeah. is this: When are we getting the Beat Butcher Children of Zeus project? Um, it's coming. We haven't really like they they're trying to do the album their their next album first, which is almost done. I think it's like ninety percent there. I've got a bunch of like co-production and production credit on there. Um, but yeah, that's the next thing after, after, after they do that, um, still got, we still got to figure out like, you know, I guess we will, it'd be the same thing. We'll make the music first and then we'll figure it out, like figure out what, what we're going to call it. And there was, what was kind of word that maybe we would build a super group. So it's like almost like a, you know, call it something else. It's like children of Zeus and you know, like how no worries is yeah, you know, a different name or whatever, yeah. but. Plus, I've kind of I'm kind of working on this little alias thing as well, so it might tie in more with the sound of the alias than it than of Beat Witcher, if you know what I mean. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Jest, yeah, produced for Jest. Yeah. Um, one of one of my favorite songs that you've produced, and you 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 know, I know you're a way better producer now, but I'm the actual factual. I like the old stuff, so I love. Um, I don't want to be here, Michael Parkinson. I love. Yeah. Um, what happened to the world? Shah Stimuli. Yeah. One of the ones I love from you the most is England that you yeah. did suggest. But what I've always wanted to ask you is why was it recorded that way, like almost like a demo and you can hear it, like Jess's vocals are very rough, almost like he recorded them through the earphones or something. Like, can you explain that session for me? Well, when me, like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of, um, me, me, and, me, and, me and Jess used to live together. And um, that, basically the, the story behind that song is like that, he had that beat for, for ages. I used to give him these like these fucking 30, 40 beat <laughs> beat tapes. And he had that he'd written that song quite like quite some time before we even recorded it. But like I would every time that he would spit it, I would be like, yo, bro, you you gotta you gotta record that. You've gotta record that. So then around the time that we like he moved in with me, like we um we I like I, Basically, it was before. I think it was even. 
don't know. We, 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 there was something going on that day. And it was like, oh, let me just quickly lay down this verse on the like on your mic. It like so. He he basically it was one of the the only songs I think I've ever really recorded. He record like that came out and uh, he recorded it in like in like my bedroom basically. And um, yeah, bro, it was weird because we revisited it when it came time to do, this was like two thousand and five, I think. And when it came time to like like actually revisit it. He just couldn't get the the same vibe. He couldn't like anytime he tried to re-record it, it just wouldn't have the same energy that what that had. So we kind of kept it in that way, and I guess he grimed up, grimed it up even more. He kind of put this kind of like um, what I was thinking, a megaphone kind of sound on the, over the the original like acapella that I gave him. And Shit, that's that's basically how it how how it how it turned out like that, man. It's weird because that that song that was a, you know, a lot of years in the making, man. Like that didn't come out until what two thousand and eleven, I want to yeah, say. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, it was the year of the riots. That was two two thousand eleven, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So that's why. Yeah. So that's why the message was so timely. Yep. Yep. You're right. Right. But everybody thought that we that he'd written it at that time. You know what I'm saying? But actually. Wow. It, it was it's weird because the lyrics came from like conversations that me and him used to have like anybody that knows jess knows that he he does he likes to he can talk i like i, I can talk as well i just fucking blah 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 you know what i'm saying but we, we me and him together we just talk fucking for hours about random shit and complain about everything you know grumpy old man business <laughs> and um i guess the lyrics to that song came out of some of the you know some of the things that we were talking about at the time yeah, because I think before that he was living at a different. Yeah, yeah, we were living not too far from each other, but we, like, I'd go and see him over there, and like, we'd just be like, we were both in kind of like stressful situations, and right. yeah, so yeah, it was a lot of complaining. It wasn't too, you know, he says he talked about um, like a uh, a baby down a trash shoot in in uh, Catford or whatever. Yeah, so, um, racist, uh, racist of ice ice picks in Catford. No, no, someone a baby got disposed of in Catford. That sounds crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was actually something that happened. Yeah, that was actually something that happened, and that was in the. I I remember like having that conversation with. (laughs) I actually, I actually in the news and stuff, and uh, because at the time we were both living in Lewisham. Yeah, I I remember being in. Funny, I remember being in the studio the day he cut thinking crazy. Yeah, uh, Mr. Thing thinking, right, I'm official. Like I'm hearing all this stuff. I do. I do, I do remember that time. But I love that record. I think it's. I think it's dope. Um, he's a legend, man. He's 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 and he's. I would yeah. consider him one of my best friends, man. He's he's a fucking great dude. Yeah, um, yeah. No, just yeah. and he's. You know, he's he's mad humble. I remember I, I was recording a song with Parky, and he just popped up to the studio one day. So me being, I'm thinking, oh man, I got to record this song with Jess, man. Yeah. And I did the verse, and Jess was like, nah, perfect, one take. I said. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, the UK scene, you've put a lot of work in. You, yeah. I'm talking names, man. M9, Triple Darkness, Manage, all these yeah. people. The scene is now flourishing and it's bigger than it's ever been. How does it, how does it look to you from that side of the pond and how do you feel about it? Uh, it's great, man. Um, it's great to see. It's great to see some money floating about as well. You know, and not everything's about money, but like if we want to, you know, if you want to encourage people to keep creating, like you've got to, there's got to be an incentive for it to a degree. Like people have got to be able to feed themselves. Um, So it's nice to see that. It's also nice to see that like 
the influence of some of the styles that we've got are influencing, you know, um, like American music and, you know, it's, it's just, it's dope, man. It's, it feels like some of the, the more exciting stuff, like within a certain, like sound is in, in the UK. Do you know what I'm saying? Because it's just that like, we're known for like mixing genres really, aren't we? Like yeah. we're known for like putting our own spin on things. And, and I think it's dope, man. Um, it's also dope to hear like, you know, people know, like people out here that, there was a point when I used to come out like early, early on where people used to clown, um, you know, European rap of any sort, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and especially the UK stuff, because there's, there was this whole thing of like, you know, oh, tea and crumpets, the queen, blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's nice to know that people are a bit more switched on to what the culture is really about over there and like that things aren't just a certain, you know, just however we get portrayed in films or whatever. And um, that people actually take that the our music seriously, that not just the rock stuff and not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they actually yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, like, you know, black music seriously from, from the UK or whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm proud of it, bro. I've got, I've got to be honest, man. I'm proud of it. I, I don't, I, I'm not really working with a huge amount of people over there, but um, like, you know, I definitely listen to some of the drill stuff. Um, you know, like Children of Zeus are probably my like one of my favorite groups yeah, as well. Yeah, me too. Um, I think what else? Like, who else? I shout out that I think is really dope. There's there's just a lot of there's a lot of a lot of really cool stuff, man. Yeah. I, I I I definitely especially like with the drill stuff. But like, I just like the way that the that style is like pushing like production forward a little bit. You know what I mean? It might not be the most productive thing. Uh, in terms of what people are talking about, you know what I'm saying? But mm. the other day, it's expression. But like that, the beats, I, I've got to say, some of those beats, like when I hear Nux or somebody like that, like I just love the way he's kind of incorporating elements of like, you know, this like jazzy samples with like that kind of drum programming. Mm -hmm. It's dope, man. I, 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 yeah, it's inspirational. Like I, I feel like over here there's like a you know there are there's a lot of people that are like pushing the pushing the boundaries and stuff but the way that i think that british music pushes boundaries is is kind of different we're more ballsy with it in some sort of way you know what i mean we yeah. dare to do to experiment more you know what i mean yeah definitely mr summit over to hey, you my man I, I i'm 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 good i'm good this has been a good conversation for me I've, I've I've kind of realized while listening to Butcher speaking, he may not like me saying this, but you're you're a, like you're a deep brother, you know. Like, you're, you're, like, you're very insightful in terms of like. What's wrong with this guy? Nah, but it's true. Like, listen, 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 listen. <laughs> listen. The way in which you talk about your art, your artistry, and then how you just uh, you talked about how grumpy old men and like, but it's really about like you're, you 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 have a perspective on things, um, and that comes through. Um, and so more than anything about any in, in these interviews we want to do, we want to learn and we want to gain new perspective. But you yeah. open my eyes, uh, you open my eyes and my head up to, to new perspective. So, but thank you for that. And I'll just reiterate what I said at the beginning that I'm really, really proud and really happy to see you flourish. I know you've got stuff coming. We know you're going to keep going higher and higher and it's just, sky's limit, you know, so, um, thank you for all you've done for the scene here. Thank you for your time. And thanks for uh, thank having you. me on. Yeah. Yeah, man. And the music, man. Come on, man. You, you're, 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 and for a lot of the kids growing up now, 
Like, you know how we would say, like, a, a Mike Geronimo is a soundtrack when we were growing up or OC? Yeah, or yeah. Like, you've got to understand that the music you're creating now for kids growing up is a soundtrack of what they were growing up on. So in 10, 15 years' time, they'd be like, yo, they want to interview so bad. And, like, it's, it's, a, it's a great thing that you're part of a culture and you're contributing so much. And what we want to do is celebrate yeah. that. Yeah, I appreciate it, but it's it's blessing to be to be able to contribute still. Do you know what I mean? It's, I've been making music for like twenty years, bro. So hopefully, I got another fucking thirty, forty years of me. You know what I'm saying? You have, man. You have, you have. have. <laughs> now, nah, but blessings and good luck with everything, and and yeah. thanks for the time, bro. Thank you, bro. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank Take you. care, man. There you have it. Another episode done. Listen, I ain't gonna say too much. I, I keep talking. I keep talking. <laughs> Do you know what I want to say though? Yeah. Um, I feel very privileged and blessed that we were able to talk to Beat Butcher. Um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the people we've spoken to are absolutely certified legends, um, and so is Beat Butcher. But he's very much in his prime, and we're witnessing his ascent in real time. So it's not going to be one of those things where you know coming up. People had to tell me about Public Enemy or Schooly D. Um, I can talk about Beat Butcher in real time. I can tell my kids if I ever have them, I say, yeah, man, there was, a, there was a guy called Beat Butcher. He was a really good producer. And I spoke to him on, the, on, on, on my podcast back in the day. You know, yeah, it's yeah, dope. Yeah. It's, no. it's, it's, really, it's really dope. And I love to see hardworking, but good people win. It's encouraging. 100%. 100%. So, yeah, no, this is, this is a good moment for us. And um, I think his success will continue onwards and upwards. And, and he'll be a shining light to young producers coming out there, current producers out there, as, a, as a, almost like a role model of such to go, this is what you could do with hard work. Like, I always look at things in footballing terms. It's no, it's no different to Ronaldo, who's got talent, but worked so hard to be the best footballer of was, all time. Was, um, right? was Ronaldo the ugly one? No, don't say that, bro. Was he the one with the, the long hair? <laughs> Yo, I I'm just, I'm ignoring that. I'm talk we're talking about Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Oh, okay. All right, now nah, he's different. He's different. He's the guy them sugar. I thought no, who's the other one? Man, the, is just, it no, it's not Ronaldinho. Is it Ronaldinho? You're talking about Ronaldinho. That's rude. Bro. Yeah, yeah. That's rude, bro. That's rude. That's rude. You're rude. I ain't saying that. All I'm saying is Butcher is a testament to those who work hard and have a good talent. Chris has lost it at this point. Shit, he lost I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's I'm lost sorry. it. But, um, but no, honestly, love to butcher as always. Um, and I'm sure we'll speak to him soon uh, in the near future. Uh, but as always, social, at Break the Atoms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Let us know what you think. Um, make sure you share and leave us your feedback as well, not just on DMs. But Sorry, let- <laughs> He's gone. Oh, I just remembered it again. <laughs> He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Uh, <laughs> your feedback, uh, not on just DMs and, and emails. Leave us, your de- uh, leave us your feedback on Apple. Uh, raise awareness of the, of the podcast. Uh, we'll be back again next week with yet another interview. Until then, peace. Peace.